Welcome to Sin 315. We're here to encourage and equip Christians to engage in the adventure of sharing Jesus with those that God puts into their life. And we're so glad you're here. Welcome, everybody, and my good friend, Matt. How are you doing today? Happy, happy, happy. Yeah, same here. It's going well. You know, I got to tell you, um, if somebody is new to listening to the show, then they don't know maybe what the foundation of it is and what we're trying to accomplish. And it's called Sent 315. Why, Matt? Because God puts people in your life every day, and we want you to be encouraged and be equipped to communicate with them and to share the love of Jesus with them. And we found that in 1 Peter 3.15. That's right. About sharing your faith with respect and gentleness to everybody that God puts into your life. Yeah. Well, there's an aspect of this that popped up for me in that episode with Linda Hoffman, which okay. by the way, I'm getting all sorts of texts and phone calls about how that affected people's lives. Oh, so if wonderful. you missed that one, go back and check out Linda. She was as good as you would expect. She told a story that when she was in Verizon oh, and yeah. there was a guy who didn't have $50 and they were charging him $50 for some dated thing. And uh, she was like talking to God about it. And he goes, you got $50. And she goes, yeah, but. And then she ends up giving the guy the $50 and it has an impact. And it was the kingdom entering that building in that person's Amen, life. Yeah. So I'm thinking about to have money to bless people with, you've got to live a life where you've got your money thing under control. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you give all your money away to everybody necessarily, unless you do, people have done that. That kind of kingdom stewardship, which Linda and Mark are phenomenal at. Well, there's a guy who I know really closely Me too. and I love and respect him and he teaches that. And he's done some amazing things in the area of generosity and in kingdom principles of financial management and all that. He knows way more than I do about it. And I thought, you know what? This is part of being equipped. For sure. So uh, David Lebon, welcome hey. to the show. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Yeah, that guy I was talking about, he couldn't make it. So I was glad that you were available. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. David is known for a contagious crazy laugh yeah, when, well, he has a great laugh he has know? a great laugh and so i was trying for one there but he was a little subdued we'll see if we can work on that one David. i don't want to hurt their ears <laughs> yeah yeah we might have to buffle it but i'm glad you're a laughing guy because you make me smile too david for the people that don't know you say a little bit about what you do right now don't go into detail because i want to do a deep dive later but tell them what you do and then I just want to hear your faith story. I mean, like I asked Linda on that show, were you born Christian? And she wasn't, <laughs> but there's a journey. So right. what, what was that for you? Yeah, so I am a Ramsey preferred financial coach. In a nutshell, I help people get their money under control. Okay. So if that's paying off debt, trying to handle inflation, <laughs> trying to handle gas prices, if it's building up your savings or giving in generosity, Whatever money under control would look like for you, I help people with that. Cool. But as far as my personal story, I was four years old, sitting on my mom's lap when I gave my life to the Lord. Vaguely remember. Grew up in a Christian home, was raised to love the Lord and follow his ways. But it wasn't until age 15, and I was at Future Quest, which is a youth conference that Foothills puts on. And I remember Pastor Bill Wilson was doing his thing. And he I forget what the title of the message was, but it was basically like, are you is it a yes? Are you willing to go forward, to move forward? And I remember I went up front and that was when I said, okay, from now on, I'm going to walk with the Lord. 
Whereas before it was simply part of the lifestyle, but sure. it wasn't necessarily my choice. But it was from that age that I had made a, a conscious choice. I want to follow the Lord. Cool. Thanks for sharing that. It's interesting because so many second or third generation Christians, like when I'm speaking at different things and everything, those are the tricky ones. People that get radically, people that are radical usually get radically saved and live a, a radical Christian lifestyle. But if you've just grown up with it and you squawk like a duck and walk like a duck and all of that, it's when it really becomes real to you. Yep. So that's a big deal. One of the things that you talk to me about, you've got some stories. And like Matt said, we're here to encourage and equip people, right? Mm -hmm. And it was about a money under control story. Can you share that with me, the one that we were talking about? Yeah, for sure. So this was during the shutdown in COVID. This was around April, May of 2020. This was also during the Black Lives Matter protests. So this was just when everything was on fire. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. And there's a Indian restaurant that's close to our house that we've been to several times. And in our budget every month, we like to have a section that we just give money to people. And it's just random who we feel the Lord is leading us to, or maybe we just think this person could use this. So we were driving and we saw the restaurant and I said to my wife, I said, I think we're supposed to go in. She said, okay. So we go in and this was when you couldn't sit down at the restaurant. You just yeah. had to do your order with your mask and then grab your stuff and go. So when we walk in, the lady says, hi, what's your order? And I said, we don't have an order, but we'd like to give you this. And we handed her a $50 bill and she immediately started to cry and was like, please let me give you something. She's like grabbing bread. She's grabbing sauce. She's grabbing anything she can. And we're like, no, no, this is for you. And she said, please, please let me give you something. And I said, no, but I will give you this. I want to let you know that God loves you and he wants your restaurant to succeed. We've been here before. You guys have great service. We're praying for you and we want to give you this. She takes the 50 and she continues to cry and we say, can we pray for you? She said, no, but thank you so much. And I think it's important to know that this is two people of different races, mm -hmm. you know? Sure. We're white. She's and, Indian. Re and religious. And religious yeah. as well. And if you're Probably. looking at this is also when the, the riots are going on. I mean, we could see the smoke from La Mesa from this place. Wow. So this is, you know what I mean? So if you're looking at what's going on, it's nothing but chaos. But in that moment, there was an opportunity for the Lord to intervene. And he was able to use $50 to bless them. Yeah. And I don't share that story a lot. It's not about bragging. It's not about, mm -hmm. oh, no. look at us. We've donated. It's simply, what could you do? with your money, if you had it under control, what are some stories like that that you want to see happen? Yep. And what are areas that God could use you in if your finances were in that order? Well, it's so interesting because, you know, I know the Dave Ramsey program. I remember when we were doing something different at the church, which had some success, but I brought Dave Ramsey's program onto our campus mm -hmm. for a couple of reasons. One is it was a good program. Number two is that people all over the country know about it. And mm -hmm. so maybe somebody would come and say, whoa, a church is offering this. And mm -hmm. so it was a resource that we could just offer to the community. But in so many financial planners and stuff, I don't know if they really share the concept of generosity mm -hmm. and how powerful it is. How do you get that point across to people that are so tight on their money or it's so out of control, they can't possibly think about being generous because they don't believe that mm. they're going to be able to survive. Mm. How do you get that point across? Ooh, that's a good question. One question I ask them is, what behaviors would need to change for you to be generous? 
what behaviors, what could we change and shift and tweak in your budget or in your, be- more so your behaviors. And we'll look and we'll see a venti Starbucks in their hand. Maybe <laughs> instead of going there six days a week, we go there two days a week. And with that extra income, there's your income to be generous. Mm-hmm. So even something as small as that, sometimes yeah. you have to break it down very small to a simple making your coffee at home task to get the point across that it's really just small acts that lead to the big victories. Yeah, that makes sense. I remember when my good friend Kathy Brumfield was working with me long ago, and sometimes we would get into talking to people who had come in who needed money. They Mm. were really in need financially. And Kathy would say, do you smoke? And I think she probably saw with this one person, she saw the pack of cigarettes that she had. She goes, well, how many cigarettes do you smoke a day? Hmm. So she get down to the nitty gritty smallest things, but it's two parts to it. One of it is, yeah, let's get down to the details because if you clean up those things, that's mm-hmm. going to help, right? They mm-hmm. all add up. Um, but the other thing is, like you said, behaviors, because mm-hmm. so many things that we do are connected to our heart. They become habits. They become our character, right? Yeah. So how do the people respond to that? <laughs> Sometimes they'll say, wow, I've never thought of that. Other times they'll grab their venti and be like, this is my treat. (laughs) I earned this. (laughs) I need this. Yep. And I say, okay, well, what would a treat look like if it was generosity? Mm. You know, what, how much more satisfying and gratifying would it be to be generous in God's kingdom as opposed to just getting your fix for the day? Yeah. So what's more important to Mm -hmm. you? And how badly do you want it? Yep. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So tell us a little bit about the people that you work with. What's the process like and everything to help them in that area? So I always start with a free consultation just to see if I can help. Um, As a coach, a lot of times people think I'm an advisor. It's very different. An advisor will go through insurance, investments, taxes, things like that. A coach will go over your behaviors. Mm. So in that consultation, one, I want to know, (laughs) do I want to work with you? Do you want to work with me? Are you teachable? Are we a good fit? Um, I remember one consultation I did where this guy sits down. He says, my wife and I are getting a divorce and she's trying to steal everything. Help me. And I said, <laughs> I said okay, so you Sorry. need a divorce attorney. <laughs> Roger that. I'm not getting in. I don't know the law like that. I'm not getting involved with that. So that's where I can kind of sort through who is a good fit. But in the consultation, I'll say, what would it be like? And what would it feel like to be financially successful? And what does it look like for you? Mm. Other thing I'll ask is, how did your parents handle money? Mm. And what did you see? Did they argue about it? Did they ignore the topic and it just wasn't discussed? And in those questions, that's how I can see, okay, is this someone I want to bring on board? And then when we bring them on board, that's simply a time where we decide, okay, how often are we going to meet? How many sessions are we going to do over what period of time? And what would you like help with? So it's ages 18 to 60s people who are broke and have nothing to people who are millionaires and just want to manage better. It's all across the board because in every aspect of your life, you could have your finances under control in a better way. Yeah. It sounds like there are kingdom principles that are at play here. How do you translate those to people who don't have faith in Jesus? I actually have quite a few clients that aren't saved. And I say, look, these are biblical principles, but they work whether you believe or not. Mm. Um, I encourage you to believe, come to church with me. I encourage, let's have a conversation about why these principles work and who came up with them. <laughs> Person who did was probably pretty smart. And sometimes they'll be interested. Other times they'll say, no, I just want the money. I just want to make more money. <laughs> okay. okay. 
Yeah, but I could see, as you see the success in it, as people, and what's the figure up to now? How much debt have you destroyed for people? Just over one million. Oh, Two and a half years. Congratulations. Yeah. You're the second LeBond to reach a one million milestone. Oh yeah. And your dad wrote that book on generosity and he'll be on this on this show sometime for yep. sure. A million dollars. Nicely done, yep. son. Yep. Oh, it was them. <laughs> I, I they paid off the debt. I simply just guide them through it. Yeah, well, they were in a mess. I love that and, you track that, though. I love that oh, you track how yeah. much. Yeah, because that's a great metric for you in, in your ministry. And I would think that as they see the success in that, that are based on principles that the Bible teach, mm -hmm. teaches, what else does the Bible right. teach that works <laughs> really, really well? Yep. Yep. That's so cool because you know what? People that listen are in different contexts. They're mm -hmm. in different jobs. They're in different situations where they have to be careful about pronouns and mm -hmm. all sorts of things. So for them to understand some of the principles principles about talking to people and having the Lord enter the conversation. How did they do that? This is how you do it in your business. You talked to me, one of the things that we talked about were about five seeds. Mm -hmm. Tell me that and yeah. share that with the other yeah. folks. Question I ask my clients all the time is, what are five seeds you can plant today for a better financial future? And I'll hear all kinds of answers. One of my clients said, I'm going to drink more water every day. And I said, okay, tell me about that. She said, well, if I drink more water, I'll be more hydrated, I'll have more energy. I won't stop at Starbucks because I'm going to feel better. I'm not going to stop to eat because I have more energy. Because I have more energy, I'm going to perform better at work. So I'm going to work harder to pay off this debt. It's like, great. It's a great one. Another person said, I'm going to do Starbucks twice a week instead of six days a week. Yep. Great. Another person said, I'm going to cut these subscriptions, which I haven't used or looked at in over a year. Um, other people said, okay, I'm going to pick up a side hustle. I'm going to do Instacart twice a week. I'm going to use that to pay off my debt or hmm. build up my savings. So just five seeds. So I, I even ask myself every day, okay, what are my five seeds for today? Hmm. What can I do to make tomorrow better? And this can be used even beyond finances. Oh, for sure. What, can I, what are five seeds to bless my spouse today? What are five seeds to honor my parents? What are five seeds I can perform better at work? What are five seeds I can plant today to learn more about God's word? I mean, this is universal. I think it's something that people who have God conversations with other people, they can really use that concept mm -hmm. when it's appropriate because people who are in trouble, um, people who are living a life that they really don't want to, they have planted some seeds or somebody has planted some seeds in their life that end up with certain consequences. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. What yep. did I plant? That's what's going to grow. Yep. So what can I do positively and where in my life well, going back to finances, I have planted some seeds of lack of control <laughs> and habits that don't help me in any way at all, but take away my resources. So I think that seed planting thing really does work. What are some of the very first steps to enter into this entirely different mentality and a, a different lifestyle? Like if somebody's listening and going, you know what, I turned this on so that I could hear about sharing Jesus. And now we're talking about finances and <laughs> I really need it. Mm -hmm. So what would they do? First, I would have them, what is your why? What is the reason you want to win financially? Is it to be generous? What does that look like? Is it to build up your savings or just pay off debt so you can just have more freedom? What's your why? If you know the why, you'll tolerate the how. Mm, yeah. You know, that, and that's not just financially, that's in anything. If, if I was a fitness trainer, same exact thing. Look, you got to yep. eat less, move more. That's about it. Dead simple. <laughs> Pretty yeah. dead simple. So I could say that to somebody, but before I do that, like, what is your why? Why do you want to do this? 
Why do you want to get out of debt? Why do you want to move forward? And, and on top of it, when you mess up, because I'm sure there's people that you've coached that they're doing pretty good and then all of a sudden they end up a Barona or whatever, <laughs> you know, so they got to get back on the financial horse, Oh yes. right? So it comes back to that why where you go, okay, just got to pick myself up and keep going. Yep. Oh yeah. I had one session I did with someone we hadn't met for about two months and we were on track to move forward. And when we came back, there were like eight horrific decisions that were made that destroyed the plan. And I remember I looked and I just said, what detoured our plan? What, what was, where was that shift? Where did that happen? Because there are times when we are going to make a mistake. There are times we're going to fall off the wagon. Let's get back up. But we got to figure out what detoured the plan. What caused that? What behavior is still there that isn't under control that we need to shift? Yeah. David, I'm going to go a, a little bit different direction because I think it's so helpful. And I know it's a, a part of your life that the Lord walked you through that really helped. One of our earliest sessions was Dennis Deary. Mm -hmm. And when Dennis was kind of my age, probably younger than me, he had a major career change. Mm -hmm. Things were going in one direction. And then all of a sudden, very surprisingly, they yeah. went another direction. And the things that he learned at that age were powerful. Mm -hmm. They changed his, I, I think, his flavor of his faith and the depth of his faith. And not that it had to be that much deeper because he's an amazing guy, mm -hmm. but he ended up in a really special, wonderful place. You had a career change at a mm -hmm. much younger age. Mm -hmm. Talk about that for a little bit, just because I think it'll be an encouragement to people that are in that place, yeah. right? Because yeah. a lot of people are in that place yep. right now, their flavor of it. Yeah, for sure. So I'll back up a little bit. I'd been the kids pastor at Foothills for about 10 years, loved it. In that time, surprisingly, I had talked with a lot of people about finances. Families would come up on Sunday and we're just talking about life and they would say, gosh, we're under so much financial pressure. So I would give them tips and tricks. I was always a Dave Ramsey fan. So I would talk about that kind of stuff with them. And people would say, man, you should be a financial coach. It was for years. People said that. And, Whoa. and I was like, oh, okay. I hate math. <laughs> and I went to school to be in ministry. So oh, uh, I'm talking seminary and everything. Yeah. You, you don't do anything halfway. Yeah. Nope. So there was no math in that seminary course. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember people saying, I was like, yeah, okay. But even my wife said for many years, like, there's something here, babe, you, you should look into it. She would even send me a text that had a link with Dave Ramsey's application to be part of their training. Like, hey, you should check, just look at this. It could be a side hustle. It could be something we do just on the side. And I always like, no, I, I don't have time for this. We're in ministry. We're buying a house. We want to have a family one day. This is not the time. But nicely done, Bethany. Yeah, yeah right. And then in March of 2019, Dave Ramsey came out to San Diego and we got to see him live. Oh, wow. And as he's sharing the, the powerful stories, I start having tears in my eyes. And my wife, she puts her hand on my shoulder and she says, <laughs> you have to be a financial coach. How many people tear up at a financial <laughs> conference? <laughs> it has got to be how you're made, man. Oh, man. oh man, that's funny. That's pretty funny. That oh, my gosh, funny. I was a total fanboy when he came out. I was like jumping up and down. Wow, yeah. And my wife was like, calm down. But then when he started speaking, it was, it was, it's not the finances, it's the stories. It's the change of behaviors. It's that transformation yeah. that people experience. That's what's exciting. And after that event, we drove home and we started to think about it, but it wasn't going to be something for a while. Then in the fall of 2019, that was when I decided to step back from ministry and it was okay. This is the time. So I did the training Got certified in January of 2020. I launched my business in March of 2020. 
the world shut down. <laughs> right. So oh, at man. first I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I just completely changed careers. I've starting my own business and the world shut down. This is the worst time to do this. Then I realized it's actually the best time to yeah. be a financial coach because everyone's looking around saying, what in the world do we do? Yeah, we can't count on this that we have over here yep. and everything yep. was shaken. Yep. Everything was shaken. Yeah. So that really turned into a season of opportunity when you're going, uh, uh-oh, Yep. so cool. And so what was that transition like for you? I will say, I got to give a shout out to Neil Hoffman. He was so helpful with me through that process. He said, look, it's going to be a roller coaster. There are going to be times when you're in this, you're going to be excited for new opportunities, new adventures. And then, then there's going to be other times you're going to be remorseful of the past and wishing you yep. were back. But a lot of that transition, I, we were in a shutdown. So I was still just adjusting to life outside of ministry when we weren't doing anything at church. Yeah, for a blink there, yeah. it was like, what are we going to do? We didn't know what we were going to do at all on that side of the fence. Yeah. So it was tough because I didn't get to see a lot of that transition of me out of ministry because all ministry just stopped. It was already weird. So okay. it was so it was kind of a weird funk, but it wasn't until we finally brought James Harper on who took over my my spot. Yeah. And then I got to work with him. We did VBS together and we I still do a Sunshine Club every year. So I still serve alongside. And it was seeing someone take that position and do very well with it was very helpful. Because then I could say, okay, this is good. It's covered. Yeah. I've done my part. Mm -hmm. Now I can focus here. Yeah. I get but that. it but it definitely was a roller coaster. And Neil was just very good just saying, look, every day is going to be different. Just have fun. Just have fun with it. Yeah, to tell you the truth, Neil Hoffman, pastor at Foothills Christian Church, did the actual opposite change, right? So he's got this Angie's List, uh, you know, number one auto yeah. detailer yeah. on Angie's yeah. List, which is a pretty big deal. And he's hustling out there and everything. And then boom, now, you know, he's, he's pastoring and he'll be the senior pastor the, yep. at the first of the year and everything. So yeah, you never know where the Lord's gonna take you or secondly, what he's training you for. Yeah. Because what you're talking about, you were into it and people are talking about it, but the Lord must have been instilling tools mm -hmm. and attitudes and behaviors and stuff that you go, whoa, I didn't expect this, but this is where I'm at. Can you tell me, Mike, your dad, Michael LeBond, hasn't been on the show, but can you tell me some of the things that you learned from him? Is I know he wrote the book on generosity and your mom and dad, mm -hmm. when he had her be one of the speakers too, he was more than twice as good in conveying his message. Tell me that principle of generosity and what you learned from Mike. Yeah, you know, it wasn't so much what he said, it was what he did. Yeah, They didn't sit down and say, this is how you be generous. It wasn't like that's what we talked about at the kitchen table, but we got to see them writing the check for the tithe, or they knew there was a future quest offering like we usually do. And I would watch my dad do it. And I remember one time, I think I might've been like 13 or 12, but I asked my parents like, how do you give so much? And they said, because God has blessed us. So it was just simply from being thankful for what God had given, just giving back to the community. I think it was just observing their generosity yeah. and seeing it be constant. Not a phase, not a right. season, but it was just a- Or a deal with God, I'll give this and what do I get? Exactly, right? yeah. so it was just watching it play out in front of me. So it was never really talked about. This is where they say some things are taught, other things are caught. Absolutely. This was caught. Once again, there are overarching principles here. When your dad said to you, your mom and dad said to you, because God has blessed us, mm -hmm. it's 
God gave us something, mm-hmm. and so we're a steward of it. We have a responsibility yep. with it. So whether it's money or, like you say, your health mm-hmm. or your time, I have heard forever, if you want to see somebody's priorities, what's important, if they still have checkbooks. Do they still have checkbooks? <laughs> There's a handful of my clients okay. that do. <laughs> so you check their calendar yep. and their checkbook. Yep. I would think, okay, listener, what do you have? You're the kid with mom sent with a little lunch Mm -hmm. and what do you got and what might the Lord do with that? Mm -hmm. Whether it's time, attention, or finances too. Yeah. So if you were going to encourage someone and because some people need a little push to get started on that, how would you encourage them to enter into this freedom? First, again, ask your why. Yeah. Like, what is my why? And then what am I willing to do about it? And I encourage you, research, read, talk to me, talk to Kevin, talk to other people. Just ask like, hey, like, what has worked for you? I think when it comes to financial success, whether that's budgeting, paying off debt, you got to find what's going to work for you. I'll give a quick example. There's one client I have who is a fitness enthusiast. They are keto and organic grass-fed meat. So when we look at their grocery bill, all their supplements and everything, their budget's going to look a little different than someone who's fine having top ramen and mac and cheese every night. So you've got to definitely adjust and make it work for you. Don't take a simple budget and then just throw it into your lifestyle and say, okay, we're going to do this because give it a month or two and you're going to quit. Yeah, it's got to be sustainable. Cool. You know what, David? I like we often do, I think the person who really understands what this topic is about and everything is the absolute best person to pray for folks. So I would just love for you to pray for the people that are listening. Yeah, I'd be honored. Let's do it. Father, we come before you and we just say thank you. Thank you for air in our lungs. Thank you for a new day, Lord. Every day is a gift. Thank you for the finances that we do have. Thank you for gas in the car and food in the fridge. Now, Lord, we ask for blessings upon our finances, Lord. Lord, if there's behaviors that we need to adjust and tweak, then help us to do that, Lord. Help us to understand our why. And Lord, we pray for your peace that you promised us that surpasses all understanding. May that come over our finances. Lord, for people who are struggling simply to make ends meet, or maybe we're freaking out because of gas prices and inflation, Lord, would your peace that surpasses all understanding enter that room right now, wherever people are listening. Yes. And Lord, I pray for that peace to give them a calm sense of confidence, knowing that you are with them and that they can win financially. They can move forward. Lord, we pray for favor over their jobs. Lord, we pray for favor um, for promotions, Lord, and for raises and for these things to come in, not so we can take the money for ourselves, but so that we can bless others. May we be a blessing in not just our finances, but in every aspect of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Remember, you guys, you're sent with generosity. Thanks for being on, David. Sure.